0: This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge of Wharton.
1: Our guests today are uh, Nick Puri, uh, Senior Vice President of International IT at FedEx, uh, and we also have Dan Elig, Wharton's Chief Information Officer. We're going to be speaking with both of them about the role of culture in digital transformation. Uh, Nick, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Bukul. It's a pleasure to be here. And Dan, welcome to you as
2: well. Thanks. It's a short walk from my office. <laughs> Great. Great.
1: So before we begin, Nick, uh, uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you came to be doing what you're doing at FedEx? Sure.
0: Uh, I am based out of Netherlands and I'm responsible for uh, almost all aspect of IT activities outside of US and uh, close to 220 countries where we operate. I have been with FedEx for about 20 years and have lived over in uh, three different continents. And for the past two years, as the market forces have changed, I have been driving uh, digital transformation across the entire international arena. I am fortunate to work with some of the best people in the industry, and I am happy to share and pleased to share some of the thoughts and accomplishments of the wider FedEx IT team with you.
1: Uh, that's great, Nick. Uh, really looking forward to, to, to listening to you about these things. Uh, Dan, how about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be doing what you're doing at Wharton. Sure.
2: Um, so uh, actually, similar to Nick, I've been here for about 20 years as well. Um, in a series of different roles at the Wharton School. So I've sort of lived a lot of digital transformation here thus far, but for the past six as Chief Information Officer, I've actually been helping lead those um, in a really fascinating time in higher education as we think differently about how everything that we do learn and learning happens.
1: So since digital transformation is uh, you know, so being widely discussed uh, everywhere, uh, I think it'll be really instructive to our listeners to hear from both of you uh, your perspectives on, on, on uh, what's happening with digital transformation. Uh, so, Nick, uh, we, as I said, everybody's talking these days about digital transformation, but not everyone defines it in quite the same way. How how, how What's your definition of digital transformation? What does it really mean?
0: well you're right. The phrase uh, digital transformation is a widely used one, and depending on whom you talk to, you may get different answers. In fact, I'll say you will get different answers. It's one of those phrases that does require clarity some of my peers would argue that it's nothing new in fact uh, they would say it's basically automation that IT has been doing for many years and now by use of digital uh, uh, through digital uh, transformation we are using big data cloud artificial intelligence and when you are adopted these tools you're done I don't view it as simple as that there are To define digital transformation, I call it a journey, a business change management journey. And it's about adopting new technologies, but it's also about adopting new ways of working and new mindsets to deliver new business value. It's this new business value creation that differentiates, as Gartner may term it, the concept of digital transformation from what others may call as digital optimization. And it's this new business model, new value, new way of, of working, coming together is what I call digital transformation.
1: Uh, thanks, Nick. Uh, uh, Dan, what do you think? Do you agree with Nick's uh, point of view? What? How do you view digital transformation?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think Nick made a lot of great points. You know, I, I find in what we're looking at that shift in how technology is empowering what we do. You know, I've even found myself reverting to stories from 20 years ago. And, you know, using the analogy of when we were rolling out email at the Wharton School, you know, I remember at the time helping people, you know, maybe I was at your office at one point, um, you know, sign on to these new systems and getting a lot of questions about why are we doing this? This is crazy. I can send memos. These are these are things that I can do. I don't need this. And, you know, sticking with the, no, this this facilitates it. It makes it a little easier. It makes, you know, the the information travel faster and it will sort of be able to Make what you do more efficient. And I think, you know, fast forward 20 years, and now we take email for granted is such a fundamental part of what we do. And I think when we look at the new technologies, you know, some of which Nick mentioned, you know, it's a, just a different way of thinking about how we empower everything around us. And, you know, to be able to look on the horizon for some of the the new technologies and really think about how they can change the way we operate. You know, in the context of a business school and the way that we impart knowledge and the way that we create knowledge, you know, there are opportunities now to think about how those activities happen and then shift us forward into a paradigm that's different than what we had before.
1: Uh, thanks, Dan. That that's uh, It's very interesting to see both your different perspectives on it. So, Nick, coming back to you, uh, you talked about both uh, digital optimization as well as digital transformation. What, what exactly has this meant in FedEx's context, I mean, especially since you have such a broad view of uh, looking at this play out in a lot of different countries?
0: You know, it will not come as a surprise to many listening to us today that uh, FedEx has been on this journey for a while. Uh, even before, like Dan said, the word digital was a commonplace or a buzzword used in almost every topic. Um uh, Our digital transformation journey is called Renewal within FedEx. And it has both digital optimization and digital transformation flavors to it. It actually offers a modern framework that powers up our key strategic initiatives. And it allows us to deliver, change the world innovation that we are known for. And I'll give you a couple of examples over here because this has been very, very effective uh, within FedEx. For digital optimization, We have used technologies to improve our customer experience and uh, employ productivity within our current business model. Uh, Technologies like robotics Process Automation, or RPA, allows us to automate internal processes and reduce waste. They also allow us to reduce decision-making times for our customer service reps. Uh, We have leveraged tools and technologies that come with artificial intelligence to improve clearance processes. obviously provides a better experience for our customers. We also have used it to improve IT system reliabilities and have seen very good results. Because of how we operate and the journey we have taken, our teams use this concept of digital optimization regularly. I think it's in our DNA. I'll give you a couple of examples on digital transformation. This is where business and IT team members have worked in a very agile fashion and have provided in very new and modern intelligence to e-commerce shippers. We launch products like, and you can look it up on our website called Sensorware, where shippers and shipping companies and receivers get notification through a unified platform on the status of their shipment anywhere in the world. And it's not just tracking information, but a lot more richer content that comes with the movement of shipments nowadays you might have also seen our launch of same day bot which is a changing the way we interact with our customers uh, we have some of uh, quite a few patents and iot technologies which driver, uh, which uh, provide near real time tracking data and we are creating new ecosystem for our customers so when you step back and and you look at it the opportunities are huge like dan said it's a new ecosystem new way and a new frontier for us to deliver value where none existed in the past. We couldn't do this in the past, and now we have the capabilities to do it in a scale fashion around the world. Uh,
1: Thanks, Nick. Uh, uh, Dan, from your perspective, how does digital transformation uh, play out in the context of a business school? It's very different than what uh, Nick is describing uh, uh, in, in the way they deal with their customers.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, I'll borrow some words from our dean, Jeff Garrett, and I know you're, you're very familiar with these as well. You know, he looks back to the history of the school itself and sort of the nature of how it was founded about, you know, the school of finance, which were no longer just finance, but really how that leads forward into analytics. And, you know, from an IT perspective, we really pull that back internally and think about data you know data around a lot of the the topics that nick was, was describing and is really what enables that experience. And, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call our students our customers, but, you know, we really do focus on how they come into the school and how they manage that experience through time. You know, there's so many different challenges and and, and sort of opportunities vying for their attention as they look to learn, as they look to grow, as they look to collaborate with each other in the institution. And then, you know, as they, they, Go through the programs as they look for jobs and as they become alumni. And so, you know, a lot of the tools that are available now, you know, in order to manage the experience of how that data flows through these systems, how it empowers them to get better experiences, how we're able to deliver, you know, no punch from the FedEx end, but, you know, deliver a better experience to them based on what we know about them and what they know about us and so it's really about the the journey that all of the customers are on and all of their students are on and how we can feed that and make better decisions and so you know that data journey and really empowers a lot of things it's in our dna but then it's really the the newer tools the the ml and ai that really help us elevate that to just a level that even a few years ago wasn't even possible and help them connect you know with the right experience at the right time to really get more value you know, I think that's one of the things we think about a lot. You know, if you read the headlines, you know, higher education is under scrutiny for the high price. And, you know, I, I don't know that there's a scenario where that price goes down, but I think there's a scenario where they get more value out of that. And so it's constantly about how we push more and more and more value. You know, if they're, they're, the learning is actually on a deeper level with them and they remember it in ways, and it's connecting with them, and we can change that experience, it's just a more powerful return on that investment that they're making.
1: So, thanks, Dan. And and so as I listen to both of you, what's, what's uh, very clear to me is that both of you see the digital transformation that's taking place not simply as a technological exercise, but more broadly it's an exercise in managing change. Uh, and and uh, Nick, I, so I wonder if I could turn back to you and say, how do you view the digital transformation and optimization process that you just described as being part of a broader change management exercise? And what has that meant, the broader picture for you at FedEx?
0: Great question. Great observation there, Mukul. Uh, like I said before, in my mind, digital transformation is about delivering new business value. And uh, technology is the enabler in this. Today, it's big data, cloud, API, Dan mentioned uh, about the importance of data in the entire digital transformation journey. I view it as we have to marshal data and expose it through ways that our user base could be, in in some cases user base here could be students, that are able to access it on a cross-channel basis with a consistent user experience. Marshaling the core enterprise data or school data, in the case for Dan, enables a level of connectivity, experience, and engagement that is very hard to break and for others to create. These all have to work together, whether it be data access or it's new ways of working, like safe or agile, organizational models that we have seen, or design thinking. These all have to come together. And the analogy I, I always use is like layered cakes all three cakes have to be consistent, and they have to have a harmonization around them so for the user to have a delightful experience. And in my mind, to drive digital transformation, we need to bring these all together, driven out of data. The point around modern mindset is a very important one, and uh, how leaders are able to drive this digital transformation is also very important, and this is where I that we as a team of leaders have to really ask ourselves, are we empowering our teams to do this? Uh, we today use uh, a concept like hackathon, where we bring our teams together and they spend two or three days to develop new ways of doing things. Many of these new ideas go into production, but others may not. Are we enabling our teams to think about these ideas uh, on a fast field basis? So that if they fail, they stand up, find a new way of doing things and move forward. Is the mindset there for us for rapid prototyping? All these different ways have to come together, like layered cakes, as I said earlier, for us to be able to drive a new way of working, new mindset, leveraging new technologies.
1: Uh, Thanks, Nick. So, So, Dan, from your standpoint... What does the layered cake look like in a in a in a business school? How how have you seen uh, the technological change at the school uh, fit in the broader change management uh, initiative?
2: Yeah, no, I think when you, especially as you frame the original question too, you know, I think a lot of what Nick said is is spot on. But even just sort of how that rolls back into the culture of the organization, you know, when we look at Wharton IT and sort of where we were, you know, five ten years ago. You know, there was a lot of data center management, a lot of server management. We had, you know, teams that were lifting heavy hardware and, you know, requirements on the job descriptions that they'd be able to just manage that physical infrastructure. And, you know, starting the conversation of, you know, we need to look to more modern tools where, you know, things are moving towards the cloud. And just the amount of fear within, you know, the IT organization of if these aren't the things that I'm doing, what do I do? And so even just managing the change perspective internally as we look to help expand that conversation outward. And, you know, I think over the last few years, we've really seen the effects of some of that change and the opportunity that it provides. And so, you know, we've, you know, even internally moved from fear of, you know what am i doing if i'm not doing these things to if i'm not doing these things that frees up my time to then learn more about the business to understand how our faculty are trying to create knowledge and how they're using technology in in more powerful ways and being able to partner with them to you know get past some of the roadblocks that were limiting their ability to research and then how they translate that into learning and to, to have the impact on the students that students are more engaged in what they're doing and able to to digest the information and retain it in ways that weren't possible without technology. And so we've seen this shift in the organizational culture of Wharton IT from, you know, a bunch of really solid doers to just business partners. You know, I think we started with the strategic partnership initiative, and it was, you know, a small team of one or two people who really were trying to figure out what, you know, every all everyone was trying to do, and that team has grown significantly. Where that's a real part of what we do. You know, we can look to partner providers and the cloud for a lot of the heavy lifting now, and now we're really just looking for ways to, as Nick alluded to, to deliver value to the business or to the school and the the, the action, the mission of of why we're all here. Uh, thanks, Dan. You you
1: you used a very interesting term uh, in, in your response, and, and that goes to the heart of our conversation today. You, you talked about culture. So Nick, coming back to you, uh, uh, as you have as you think about the broader change management uh, of the human processes around the technology, how have you thought of the role of culture in, in enabling you to do what you're trying to do at FedEx?
0: You know, uh, we are rather unique in this area because years ago FedEx created this philosophy called People Service Profit that balanced the needs of employees, customers, and shareholders. All across the world, we have had a common approach on PSP, as it's called, and we have been using this for many years. While our business strategies continue to change and evolve every few years, our People Service philosophy has allowed us to enable change in a very organized manner. Actually, let me reflect back that several years ago, we started looking beyond PSP as a philosophy, but as a way to start investing in a very deliberate culture, a culture that is embracing change and driving change. Within FedEx, this cultural framework that we have, we started to have very focused value discussion on a couple of items. And the two items that have really risen to the top to value attributes are learning and caring. By emphasizing the value of learning and caring, we are emphasizing our P.S.P. philosophy, our culture, and basically using these to help our employees embrace any form of transformation. Digital transformation is benefiting the most from it. The second thing I want to mention is FedEx also, being a transformation company and known for reliability, has a very strong culture on quality. We have a program called QDM, uh, which stands for Quality-Driven Management, and it is all about continuous improvement, customer-centric thinking, teamwork, and of course, as with quality, elimination of waste. By bringing these PSP and QDM, so a employee-centric culture based on learning, and caring, and quality altogether, we have seen a non-linear, or an exponential ability of our teams to embrace change, digital change in this area.
1: Uh, th- thanks, Nick. You used two words that are very dear to the heart of any educator that's learning and caring. And Dan, how, how, how does how do those values uh, play out as you think about? The culture of a business school and and how technology enables these kinds of changes within the culture here.
2: Absolutely. And so, you know, I think as an institution of higher learning, learning is right there in our DNA. And so that's a fundamental, you know, I think with, as Nick said, especially with technology, you know, it all changes so aggressively and so often that, you know, if, if somebody's not open to learning, then they're not going to be successful in any IT organization. And that's a big part of the change process. You know, even when we're interviewing new candidates, when one of the most important questions I find myself asking is, you know, what was the last thing that you learned? And, you know, often I'll get quizzical looks of, you know, are you, The last thing I learned about technology or and it really is sort of a a telling attribute to their personality is to what level are they thinking about learning? You know, we all learn so much every day and, you know, how conscious we are and how connected we are to that process is sometimes important. And so it's always, you know, you get some real insight into how they connect. Or could connect to our mission in terms of how they're able to adapt, but there's so many aspects of culture that are important in how we continue that growth you know I know it, it's very you know heavy in in the 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 conversation right now, but you know diversity and inclusion are really important in that process as well. you know we do a lot of work you know in finding in recruiting you know, a more diverse um, workforce because, you know, in those interviews, if we're looking for people who are just like us, you know, you then fall into these groupthink mentalities and you're not as open to change as if you bring an outside perspective. And so we've, you know, developed new rubrics and how we think about the interview process, and how we bring people into the organization and you know, so that we can get that perspective and open ourselves to more change. And then once they're here, how do we make sure that we have an environment that really enables the inclusion of everybody who's there because we'll all be better when we're more open to ideas and the the ev- evolution of the thought. And so, you know, I think the the final aspect of the culture that I think is just mission critical in IT is, is really just the tolerance for risk too. And so that as we continue to grow and as we continue to, to have an impact on the organization, you know this is this is not technology doesn't always work you know that's why i I often say this that you know whton i t is here because technology you can just open the box and install it, and it works the way you expected it to you know your you call your support team as often as anybody you know it's you we all you know need to think differently and evolve and grow and you know if if things can't go wrong. Then that growth doesn't happen. And so I think preserving that tolerance is incredibly important and making sure that individuals feel protected to take risks and try new things and, and to think differently about what they do and how the work happens. Great. Th- th- thanks,
1: Dan. So you, you asked a very interesting, uh, given an
2: interesting example
1: of what the questions you ask. And Nick, I was wondering if I could turn that question over to you. Uh, what, what would you say is uh, what's the most recent thing that you have learned? about the role of culture in in, in digital transformation and what do you think other companies could learn from FedEx's experience?
0: I am sure that if you were to ask uh, others in the industry, uh, they will give you uh, very different answers in this. But one thing that you will find consistent around all of this is as goes the culture, so goes your ability to drive change in a sustainable manner. So from my point of view, uh, if you invest in your people, you invest in your team's ability to adopt change, address their needs to constantly learn, and this goes for management too, and you come behind that and say, we care that as you adopt new technologies there is anxiety, we care about you, we are going to support you with tools, mechanisms, as well as programs so that you are embracing change that delivers new value to the customers, you are better off in delivering change. In my mind, it's all about enabling your team members to drive the change at the frontline level. It is always about people, and culture is how people engage with an organization as well as their employees.
1: That's a great point of view. Thank you, Nick. Uh, Dan, what what do you think? What's the most... uh, the biggest challenge you have faced uh, uh, at at Wharton in in navigating some of the people issues around technology and cultural issues
2: yeah, no, I think as we you know get back to the the connection of how connected everything is, especially with data, you know I think you know we look to roll out new systems and those the ability to to empower all of our users with more information and and more access. And I think, you know, that's, there's a lot of change that goes into that. And so where we really push our teams is, you know, on the empathy front. You know, I think Nick phrased it as caring in some respects, but, you know, really making sure that they connect with why and how people are doing their jobs. Because if we're looking to help them change that, if we don't have a basic understanding for why they're doing what they're doing and how they're sort of receiving the tools that we're giving them, then we're not going to be able to connect that, and you know oftentimes when we get that more that deeper connection to certain parts of the organization we'll see the the parallels between what's going on in other parts of the organization and how sometimes there's disconnect and you know not just a data disconnect but sort of an organizational disconnect and so it's always meaningful to us to be able to sort of work in the middle of that and help connect not just the data across the organization. But connect to the process too, and you know that shift and that change that's happening to all of our workflows is is significant. And so you know, being able to sort of work closely side by side with all of our our partners and the in the the staff at the school and the faculty to really think through that, um, to really understand it, and to really help empower it is just you know it's something that we continually work to grow in and to be able to have the impact that technology really has the ability to be.
1: Right. Thanks, Dan. So, just as we as we uh, you know uh, come to a point of wrapping up our our uh, conversation, uh, Nick, I wonder if you have any sort of concluding uh, comments about uh, the role of culture in digital transformation. Is there anything particularly important that you would like our listeners to to take away with them that we haven't emphasized so far?
0: You know, uh I'll I'll just make this uh, important point here that I have found that we sometimes underestimate the risk that is associated with not doing something Where that is generally underestimated, and we overestimate the risk of change. Because the market forces are changing so fast, technology is changing so fast, I would ask our listeners and business leaders around the world to think about what would happen if you didn't do anything? What would happen if your team members were not on this journey? Will you be able to sustain your revenue growth? Will you be able to sustain your team morale? Will you be able to continue to hire talented people in your organization? So risk of not doing something in this area is higher than risk of change. That's one thing. The second thing is uh, look at some of the metrics that are coming out in the marketplace of companies that do adopt the digital mindset, digital optimization, digital transformation, and you'll be surprised, from an economics point of view, how successful those businesses are becoming. Will you be able to compete with them if you did not have these sort of capabilities and way of doing things, all driven by culture? On our side, we have seen tremendous improvement in IT system reliability, security, speed to market, all driven by this new mindset. We have also seen some very good uh, acceptance of it by our frontline team members who now talk about it with others in the market and are attracting talent. So it is a very positive reinforcement cycle. So I'll ask the uh, the listeners here, my peer group in the market are saying, what would happen if you did not embrace this change and embark on this journey?
1: Uh, that That's a really important point. I'm really glad you emphasized that, Nick. Uh, Dan, uh, any, any final
2: comments from you? Sure. Um, you know, I'll, I'll sort of go back to a lot of what Nick and I have talked about, and even to the beginning of the conversation. You know, when you think about that digital transformation, you know, it's not about IT work, it's not about the business, it's about all of it coming together. And I think building that culture that it's not IT and the business, it's, you know, the connection of the two of them. It's really you know, build it, creating an environment where there's continued partnership and the ability to grow together and really understand you know, what each other are trying to achieve. Because that's, you know, where the magic is gonna happen. You know, I think as Nick alluded, you know, the ability for us to grow and change, you know, when we look at all the disruption that happens with the ability to be more mobile, the ability to connect to data, the ability to communicate faster, you know, I think especially as we look at the effects of that on education, you know, there's just so much opportunity. And as I talked about, you know, improving the value proposition of everything we do, you know, the more we're connected as a school. Um, not just, you know, work computing, creating changing its culture, but really just thinking about the culture of the school. And that's where, you know, especially, you know, with the dean's leadership, you know, opening that conversation and really thinking deeper about what that opportunity looks like. You know, that's something that every business needs to be doing, as Nick said. You know, it's not enough to just, you know, keep doing what we've been doing. You know, it's really, we all need to understand the opportunity and we all need to shoot for the stars and, and find that, that the new way of doing things that, you know, it's going to make make life different. It's, that's why we're, that's why Nick and I do what we do, because it's, exciting, it's an exciting time to be doing that.
1: <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. So, so I, I just wanted to thank both of you. Nick, thank you so much. And Dan, thank you for speaking with Knowledge at Wharton. It's been fascinating speaking to you about the role of culture in digital transformation. Thank you. Thank you,
2: Nicole. Thank you. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.